0: Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze all the films in the DC Cinematic Universe uh, by each individual minute. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows.
1: And I'm Tom. You can find me on Twitter at KryptonTom and as co-host of the DC Daily Drop podcast. Welcome
0: back, Tom. Pleasure to have you. You're great. Uh, today, we're <laughs> talking sweet. about Minute Numbers, right? <laughs> Um, minute number one thirty four of Man of Steel. And um Hey man, this minute's gonna gonna start with uh it's say it's it was produced by Christopher Nolan and Emma Thomas. I think we ended yesterday with talking a little bit about Emma, but uh it's gonna end with Amy Adams and uh all her glorious Amy Adamness.
2: Amy Adamness. Yeah. Um yeah, and uh, I wrote that now, the first person we get to see in this one, yeah, it's going to be a lot of. This is basically credits at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to go through and we're going to comb through some of these names um, and we're going to talk a little bit about them and, and see kind of like maybe talk about the, the impact that they had on this film. Uh, the first person that comes up after Christopher Nolan and Emma Thomas is Deborah Snyder. That's true. And uh, yeah, I'd actually, she's one of the uh, people that I kind of took notes because I kind of wanted to see um, what her life was like. Uh, kind of growing up or like career wise. And um, it turns out that she started before she was a, a film producer, she worked at a New York advertising agency. Um, and she was the one that actually hired Zack Snyder uh, to like direct commercials for a bit before yeah. they actually, uh, you know, kind of tied the knot and started crewing on unusual films. And I kind of like that. I kind of like that she was the one. To hire Zack Snyder kind of you know something
0: about that she said hey I like you man no more,
2: <laughs> I like you kid more like more like I'm your boss and and you know I kind of like that you you do you know? it's a it's, she's got
0: she's got it's, uh, a com- it's a common fantasy
2: no not like that man <laughs> it's more not like that I just meant like that she um uh huh you got your it, shovel there she was not just she wasn't just like a a, a wife that was just kind of brought in and really. and like kind of Got like
0: oh I
1: get what you mean, like a Yoko Ono kind of deal. He's yeah, Yeah. it's not like Snyder Zack Snyder was like, Well, I'll I want my wife to be a producer producer. too. She exactly she's done nothing to do with anything before. She sells yarn, but I think she would be a good movie producer. She actually has some background. Yeah. And probably
2: more or like kind of probably helped him get off the ground, you know, as a director. Probably. Um so I, I really enjoy that. I really enjoy that um, she's helped his career, and not not just like the other way around. Right. So she's kind of she's she's her her um her importance as a as a producer is is just as much done by her own hand, and it's not. Oh just yeah, an I don't I, think anybody. That's what I'm saying is that the fact that she hired Zach to direct commercials and 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 all that like. Kudos to you, Deborah Snyder. You're cool. I don't right. think
0: anybody has ever put her on a back burner, especially when you when well, you talk about who these films.
2: People don't know. Mike.
0: Uh, yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, if you don't know I mean, her background, t- yeah. it's
1: like, oh, is she just producing because she's Zack Snyder's wife? Or uh, yeah, but she exactly. does have. But I mean, they're a
0: team. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, they they're, are. They're
2: a team. And and like the conversations they have when they make films is is almost like two nerds who who love something enough to like. Yo, this would be really cool if we like work this and, yeah. and I love that about them mm-hmm. that when it comes to making films that they have so much passion and that and their passion is in brainstorming films together is, is great. And I love it. But it's also like uh Kathleen Kennedy with uh Star Wars now. A lot of people give her crap about it because technically Star Wars, you know, didn't belong to her, it belonged to George Lucas, and it's like, who is it for this this woman to just come in and, and start calling the shots and everything? If you ever look at Kathleen Kennedy's like history as a producer and everything oh yeah it, like dates all the way back to like et and she's had a mm-hmm. hand in Jurassic park and everything <laughs> so like sometimes in the news when she makes some uh a, a film a decision in a film um and some people get pretty angry about it i always have complete faith in her because she has been behind some of the greatest films ever so it's one of those things.
0: Welcome back to Kathleen Kennedy Praising Minute. Yeah, there you go. My <laughs> name <laughs> is Mark. Um, And on next week's episode, I'm actually going to be proposing to her.
2: I, w- I don't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have some notes on John Peters, but I don't want to skip anyone. Do you guys have any <laughs> notes for anyone before I talk about this particular guy?
0: No, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Is just, it's just going to be me talking about people, right? Uh, no. I'll ask Maybe. you. Maybe I'll ask <laughs> you about this. Interesting. Same. Uh, same editor as Batman v Superman. Who he got a lot of, uh, uh, hate for the the theatrical cut of Batman v Superman. But I don't remember anybody. Any. I don't remember much in terms of talking about editing in a negative way about this film. Uh, was he was.
0: solely responsible for Dawn of Justice? It's just edited by.
2: Oh, for Donna Justice. For Donna Justice,
1: is that what you just David, said, Tom? For David Brenner, I, there, I, he, he was the editor, uh, for the film. He is the editor, um, and, so and I remember we, an article yeah. coming out right after the theatrical cut that uh, he he said, you know, Zack Snyder's probably not too happy with him right now, uh, but. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. It's the same same uh, editor.
0: I, I we
2: we had hmm. some questions about the editing for this film, but not. Not that it was a...
0: For this film, for Man of Steel? Yeah, I
2: mean, we'll talk about it later because uh, I feel like we have like a dream of like what it would be like if we had a chance to edit it. But, you know, he, he does a good job with this film. It's not much different from what the actual film is. That's why it's... Yeah. That's how you know it's... He's, he's pretty on point with yeah. this one. Um right. And could you, re- could you really blame him for Donna Justice? That's what
0: I was going to say. Well, how much was it just him? And then when did the studio come in and say... Listen, man. That film's too long. Make it like <laughs> this, with you know, you feel this cold steel on the back of your neck. Like, where was that point? You know what I mean. So yeah. it's like when when Tom said that that you know Zach was probably really upset with um, Brandon Brent, Brent, David Brent, Brent David Brennan David um, Brennan. I mean, like, I I don't know. It's I'm not the type of person to point fingers at specific people when it comes to fan base arguments right. if you know what i mean yeah um, none of us so, are in that exactly i have no ground to stand on when it gets to arguments in there because i don't know what goes on behind closed doors it's just so interesting to, to for me to to realize when you have you know Brennan who does the editing for this movie which it was pretty on point minus some minor details that mark and i because we're doing it minute by minute because we're you know we're, we're two <laughs> yeah. kids sitting on a couch talking about the movie that we would like to see differently but then like you, I mean, amazing job on Man of Steel and then so much hatred for the next movie in the theatrical cut, I have to right. say. Yeah. So where was that conversation? What was that conversation to say? Do, yeah, it, like, it, Do was... it like this or, you you know, or, or leave? I don't know. Hmm. Very interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to asking these questions that I will never get answers to next <laughs> season. Next year. <laughs> next year, next season, whatever we can call them. Next few months. Yeah. Um,
2: What does A-C-E even stand for? I don't know.
0: Assistant uh, Cottage Cheese. That's an E. Oh, A-C. Cottage E. Cottage, ch- cottage Cheese, one word. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Express. There you go. I don't Amer- know what
1: A-C-E uh I think it's American Cinema Editors. There a, you go. According you to edit. Google.
2: You can only <laughs> edit American films.
1: Yeah wolf yeah i mean
0: there's different agencies for foreign countries and their films and american and yada 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 cool um (laughs) yeah he can only so let's talk about uh, there's
2: there's if there's one guy i really need to talk about it's this john peters guy yes uh this this guy laid on me um, he's, he's that guy. I've been talking about this whole
1: This is the movie. guy
2: I was telling this you about. <laughs> this is the there guy. This is There's his name right the
1: there. The legendary he, hairdresser.
2: This guy who helped, uh, produce Batman, Batman, eight, uh, 1980, 1989. Um. You're talking
0: about Batman and Returns? Is that what you're saying?
2: No. Well, he, he worked with Tim Burton on those films. Yeah. He wanted to do Superman Lives. Mm-hmm. This is the guy, and this explains why there are polar bears in this film. Explains <laughs> the Thanagarian snare beast that we get in this film. This guy, guy's movie, and if I see this guy's name on the sequel to Man of Steel, it's gonna be some brainiac. I know it already. What was the
0: Thanagarian snare beast? That was the,
2: the world engines whipping octopus. Oh yeah, thing. okay, you okay, got that. that's right. This, I'm telling you, man, it's John Peters' guy. Watch out for this guy.
0: If so what are you what are your hopes for John Peters? What are my hopes? So you're saying that like if you see IMDB come out with like early release I'm production stuff with Man to, of Steel two.
2: If he's tied to the next film, he's gonna want Brainiac. And I don't want Brainiac as the next villain.
1: Well, he but, I can I'm I'm pretty confident he won't have any creative input on anything <laughs> uh going forward, but he is still uh making money off of these films, which is a different story entirely. Yeah. Does he not work with
0: Snyder or anything? Any, Warner Brothers or anything? But, uh, I don't know about now, but he's s- usually tied to Warner Brothers.
1: So he was he was connected all the way back, you know, with Superman Lives with Burton mm-hmm. and some really great stories by Kevin Smith uh, mm-hmm. talking about him. The death of Superman Lives, what happens. And yeah. there's some YouTube clips of him talking about it. It, it, John Peters is an interesting guy, but he was apparently banned from from the Man of Steel set by Christopher Nolan. Um and but he was he was still contractually connected to the superman um for being back on on superman lives working on that and he he made 7.5 percent of the gross box office for man of steel just from from old contracts that's say that, that, say, say that that's a wolf that's much? a wolf 7.5 percent of the gross box office that's
0: gross insane. box office that's insane. yeah
1: that's that's that's, that's that, uh,
0: yeah Woof. um why, did he, why was, does it say why he was banned? It was just like this he's weird, a weird dude. This weird he, guy. Yeah. No, 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 know You yeah. got to have
2: polar bears. He's a, he's he, got, he's got that weird. He's that weird input guy. He's that like, like, Oh, like, and so it's one of those things where it's like, do you, can you just like step away? Can you not backseat drive this?
1: <laughs> yeah. He, I don't know if you got any notes on that, but he was the one who, who I think you guys talked about this before, but you know, he didn't want Superman flying. Uh, he didn't want him in, in the costume and he wanted him to fight a a giant spider because yeah. you know spiders are <laughs> spiders are so scary.
2: Mm-hmm. And he wanted the polar bears too.
1: Yep. Cuz polar bears are so scary. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's um, actually what he said if you if you ever look at the Kevin yeah. Smith telling the story. Yeah. You know the spiders um, are the deadliest creatures in the whatever animal kingdom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. And he says the same exact thing about the polar bears. Um and then he yeah and then he I don't know. He's a uh, yeah, and he started. Did he as like get his a,
1: own
0: title title card? Is he paired yeah, with he, anybody? He, 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 he got, got his own. own. Um, yeah.
2: He's he's the last one before it says based upon characters appearing in comic books published by DC Entertainment. Um, and then we get two two names after that. It says Superman, created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know much. I know there's with other characters and stuff. There's usually. Um, some controversy over who gets credit for some characters. Was there ever controversy between these two? Were they ever fighting for was a bill finger, Bob Kane situation, or Mm -hmm. there was another one, Jack Kirby and Stanley and everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Jack Kirby and everything. That's that's a good one. Um, Uh, um, They,
1: as as far as I know, they always got credit. Um, but that didn't mean anything financially. Uh, they Mm -hmm. were, they were, uh,
0: And even it took them so long to get
1: the credit. Like, I mean, it
0: it was a while for it to be like, you know, Superman character based on, you know, created by the And it's just it it was just a
1: whole mess. And financially, they didn't really get anything Mm -hmm. uh, until basically, you know, basically they didn't get any kickback until after their death. Yeah. uh, As far as I know.
2: You're telling me both of these people?
0: They sold the rights to the likeness of the character. They sold Superman to Detective Comics in the 30s mm-hmm. for something like a hundred and something dollars. Like something, some, something weird, you know, obviously in, in the 30s. So they was... both
2: got the short end of the stick. <laughs> and in right. 1930?
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, great success of the character. And then they come back was like, hey, um, what the hell? Can we have our character back? And they were like, no, get out. And I'm like, all right, well, this is our character. Like, you still owe us money from um, Action Comics number one. I'm pretty sure they got their initial, like, what they wanted, but then they wanted to have... Like, you royalties? Know, or something? Yeah, they wanted to have the royalties. They wanted yeah. to keep on getting paid, and that never happened. And then, like, it went to court. It's still in courts, everything. It's, you know, this is... Superman is... I'm pretty sure right now, it's like... Superman's going to be a public domain. Like, a pu- like you know, anybody can claim Superman in... I think it's like twenty thirty three or twenty thirty five, something ridiculous. Where it's like once that year hits, like DC is gonna have to like smash that like button and be like, "Yo, this is our character. You can't do anything with it." <laughs> like once once something clears up in courts, but it's still now it's all about Superboy. Yeah. No one, no yeah. One has back a right in the day, Super they Boy were just um,
1: they were just writers and artists. They were hired to do something or, or pitched a, uh, you know, they got paid for drawing those issues and and that was it and it wasn't until decades later now where you know your creations you can get royalties and and things like that so they're among the forefront for creators getting more um more pay for their successful creations that other than just you know being straight up work for hire you know you're okay you you did action comics one through ten we'll pay you for those ten issues have a good life um now they you know if your creation goes on to be superman now uh you you get some more for that
0: exactly
2: it's weird because like i feel like that almost has whether or not you try to to cover your bases or not can have like a, a negative impact like like let's say jerry siegel and joe sucher was like like they always have the mentality of like yo this is gonna be a big hit and stuff and then maybe <sighs> and maybe dc just That'd be says something. like yeah we don't want that, and like because it's right. like they're so gung ho about their character, excuse me is like the fact that they acted like oh, it's just a throwaway character that you can have, and then d c eats that stuff up, and, yeah, and that's and so like today, if someone acts that way, that could significantly impact if d c's gonna pick up your stuff or not, or like any producer's gonna pick up what you are putting down because it's like hey, this guy's giving us something for free. Let's go ahead and take it and run with it. And it could be successful because of that kind of mentality. That's why
0: people have like likeness rights and stuff. What do you mean? Like I can't go to DC Comics and draw
2: yourself as a superhero.
0: I can't draw myself in a Batman costume Hmm. without, you know, and saying like, hey, this is a new character that I have. They're like, "Uh, no, there's likeness. You got a cowl, you have a cape. Like you can't mm-hmm. you can't do that like you can't have you know red underpants and a, and a blue suit with a red cape you just can't have any character that looks like that hmm um I'm pretty sure now d c is suing the heirs to both families i think um
2: suing the like counter suing
0: yeah well like I mean the lawsuits have been in place since you know, like the forties so it's it's just been a continuous thing between both Superman and superboy and I'm pretty sure now the heirs like they they're being sued for, uh, like, an agreement that they made in, the like, the late 90s, I think. And they were saying, like, I don't know, like, whoever was representing um, whichever family, like, I don't know, did something shady. And now that they're just now picking up on it, it's like, yo, this is, like, bullcrap. I don't know. It's just.
1: Yeah, I thought that had gotten worked out because I know there was something that Man of Steel had to go into production you know the next superman movie had to go in production because yeah of the deal worked out with the estate so they could the estate could make money off of yeah you know they could sue for lost um lost potential income and but i um they're schuster and Siegel are really important in the history of of comic book creators and i know um bob kane is kind of the villain of the bill finger story um mm-hmm. to a lot of people and i and i I understand where they're coming from but i think there are stories that part partially what he did in getting the you know the contract he had for batman was as a response to how siegel and schuster were treated uh with superman back in the days and um basically losing all control of the character
0: Mm -hmm.
2: so uh we need a documentary called stanley and bob kane the real villains (laughs)
0: <laughs> the real villains.
2: Um Nate does not like Stanley at all.
0: Don't say at all. I'm just I'm just over. I'm a Kirby guy. So
1: I am I'm, I'm a Kirby fan as well.
0: Yeah. It's oh, v- very sad news though uh about the the Lee family. So I mean it's yeah. it's good. It's an, end of an era unfortunately. So it'll it's getting down to it.
2: Um
0: Rip rip. Rip rip.
2: Um <laughs> We go to the director of photography, Amir Makri, um, not Larry Fong. This is um, Michael Bays usually go to uh, DP on this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and normally Larry Fong is the one tied to Zack Snyder's hip when it comes to making films. Uh, do you guys feel like uh, this film is done very differently than the, uh, than the rest, or do you feel like it's, it's still got it still hits pretty close to a Zack Snyder film?
0: it's like, different than mm,
2: see yeah I don't know how to phrase that question or like if there really is because I feel like there really isn't a difference it's different
0: than Dawn of Justice of, Inver- and Watchmen and, and Watchmen it's diff- obviously it's different than um, uh, Dawn of the Dead
1: you know, but like um, gosh what was I going to say it's also like- set during the day for the most part uh, most of the film is during daytime yeah, yeah, but like, I feel, Watchmen. And-
2: I don't know. I just feel Even like
1: Sucker Punch has like a night time.
2: Like if it was Larry Fong, I feel like it wouldn't make that much of a difference. Because I can't still, tell
0: the difference. This this film does not look like a Michael Bay esque film to me. Like,
2: there are there are moments where it feels like it, but then really, it, it, it I don't just, think it, that because it involves a, the military and it feels very Michael Bayish. But that doesn't mean that it's not like a mere mockery. Is like like he's not Michael Bay, so mm-hmm. it's not. And I feel like it it didn't matter. Um, I don't know. Like if it was Larry Fong, the the film might've still went the same way. Cause I feel like, the, I don't know. The the shots never seemed like it, like it changed the film that much. Like I feel like it's still a Zack Snyder film. Yeah. Watchmen and Dawn of Justice are darker, but I don't think just because it's in nighttime, that's a Larry Fong thing. I don't think that that really changes.
0: I think the documentary style had a had a lot to deal with it.
2: That's because Zack Snyder wanted
0: that. Yeah. So again, but you can't apply that style to any other Zack Snyder movie and make it fit because it just doesn't. Most of his movies are, uh, how do you even explain that? Like a top down narrative. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like from one person's point of view. This movie is.
1: Are we gonna we're gonna say it's from Lois's point of view? So. Yeah. yeah. Like it's kind of like we talked this week about the behind the scenes stuff. It's also tough to tell uh, watching the film what decisions, you know, where the director's vision starts Mm -hmm. and where the the director of photography's vision starts. You know, who's who's deciding on what, you know, uh, what they're visually.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, I guess I would have to see um, what I would have to do is I would have to see samples of Michael Bay films. Pearl Harbor and maybe uh, Transformers or Bad Boys Two, and I would have to look at those and then and then look at clips of Man of Steel and see how that that like relates. I'm just thinking like those are like the films, the that movies
0: big. that you chose. <laughs>
2: those are like the big ones that I would want to watch. I like if I'm going to analyze Michael Bay films, I got to pick some good ones, right?
0: Yeah, I haven't I haven't thought about Bad Boys Two in so so long. It's a good film. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, like, you'd have to, like, look at those
2: and then look at Man of Steel and see how they...
0: Yeah, but you can't apply this documentary style or whatever you want to call it, that, you know, the vision yeah, for this movie to any of those other movies. Yeah, no, but it's not documentary style moments. Like I was saying, like, most of those movies are, like, a top-down narrative. You're not centralizing on, on one particular character and following a story.
2: Yeah, I don't think Transformers ever does that. No. no. And
0: even, even I mean, people would argue probably maybe Sucker Punch would do that, but it's still, like... Still Sucker says. Bunch is red. Like you, you don't get as many inner monologues from uh, whatever her name was. Um, I mean, like you still have a ragtag group of individuals, and they're you baby know baby doll, baby doll, sweet and tea. yeah, exactly. And they're led by Stick, whatever the hell his name was in the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I can't remember. But you any know names, what I mean? Goofy names. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so you can't really add this like first-person style that we get in this movie that's much different from all of anything other Michael Bay movies. To I'm just saying... Just can't
2: do it. I don't think it would have changed, regardless of the DP.
0: No, I don't... Yeah, I agree with you. And
2: that's not to dog on... That, I don't want that to, to, like, feel like that affects anyone. Like, I don't want it to seem like... I don't know. I feel like someone's gonna get mad at me now, saying, like, oh, like, you know what? appreciate Larry Fong's like, work. And it's like, yeah, I do, man. I'm just saying, like, I don't think if Larry Fung did this film over a mirror would it have changed the film i don't really think so no i don't think so either um but yeah that's all i had <laughs> um we han zimmer he gets he gets his title Is card in, his this in this one too? yeah man yeah, it's
1: awesome <laughs>
2: music by han zimmer
1: fantastic
2: yeah uh, I think we've talked plenty about his <laughs> his uh, significance in the film and all the great work he's done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get this kind of Wesley Collar guy. He's he gets like a co producer thing, just kind of thrown in way after the fact, which kind of seems out of place, but that's okay. You know who he is? No idea. Yeah, I didn't. Um, but then we get the VX, uh, the VFX supervisor uh, John D J Starden. Uh, we get oh yeah right here this is uh some some other people i want to talk about the costume designers we get uh james um yeah, i guess you could pronounce it Aikson or Akison. could be wrong about both of those uh and also michael wilkinson um and in the art of the film book they talk about how michael wilkinson is always usually Zack snyder's kind of go-to costume guy um he was not available at the time i'm assuming he was working on another film So they rolled with James Aikson for just a little bit, and James uh, came up with – he started the whole thing about the S and, like, how do we design Krypton based on the S because that's such a weird-looking symbol, and we have to explain why it's an S. And so they worked with him, and he came up with a lot of the core designs uh, in the soft prep of the film. And then when Michael was available, they kind of was like, all right, see you later, James, bring in Michael again. And Michael kind of took what James worked on and expanded on it and mm-hmm. flushed everything out and created the, what we have now in this film. So that's what happened. Sweet. Cool. Uh, and then Laura Kennedy and Christy Carlson, not Christy Carlson Romano. <laughs> and... <laughs> have you wrote that down? Oh, yeah, I did. Oh my God. They did the casting. And then Henry Cavill <laughs> and then Amy Adams. <laughs>
0: Jesus Christ. Is there anything
2: you guys want to talk about?
0: <laughs> yeah, Ren Stevens is that, great. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. <laughs> no, yeah, I think that's it for um She's great in that uh um, yeah, I think that covers it. <laughs> what's that
2: movie with Hillary Duff and her? It's like an ROTC movie. It's a Disney
0: Channel movie. Uh uh Cadet Kelly. Oh, there you go. Cadet uh-huh. Kelly. Welcome back it's to like Cadet Kelly Minute. R O T C movie. Go. That's
2: Yeah. Uh alrighty then. Well we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today. Uh don't forget to check out DC Daily Drop with Tom and Zach. You can also find us on all social media at DCEU Minute, 2 ovalmedia.com Tarantino Minute, and we have a Facebook group called DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where we talk about Man of Steel Minute and soon to be Don Justice Minute. And yeah, we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.